welcome to episode 209 of The Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Shane here in Denver, Colorado, and with me on the line from Chicago, Illinois, it's the one and only godfather, Dave Harbarger. Dave. Yes. How are you, my friend? I'm here. I'm recovering. <laughs> surviving? I'm surviving. I'm old. We talked about this earlier. Did, did you make a mistake of drinking while old? Yes, I did. <laughs> I got bonked by the drink stick. And you can't do that anymore. Yeah, it's like a two-day hangover when you're my age. It's unbelievable. I've, uh, I've been drinking the athletic, a non-alcoholic beer athletic. Get at us. From the, from the website? No, they do have a website, but they sell it. They sell it in retail stores. Oh no, I was talking about the ESPN competitor, the online sports journalism. Yeah, this is this is straight from uh, who's the guy with the basketball podcast? Did he, didn't he do the Athletic? Sure, they all have Keith yeah. Law. Get out, yeah. get at us. We love your board game reviews, Keith Law. Uh, sponsor our <laughs> podcast, writer for the Athletic. No, the, the Athletic brewing stuff is really good. Uh, I'm I'm impressed. As it as it's point five percent, so it's like a Miller. It's like a Miller Lite. Perfect. Well, we don't talk too much about don't drink, kids. Don't. No, yeah, just avoid it. We're not, yeah, you know, just take care of your body. That's that's one of one of my goals this year. I'm I'm doing not great at it, but I'm eating better. But Dave, Shane, where where's Stan? Uh, well, I think let's give a Stan update. I think the people out there are probably like, what's, what's <laughs> is he ever coming back? Um, apparently, I mean, I don't want to spill too many beans. It's it's his business, but I know that he's getting the housing settled. The housing is getting settled over in the UK, and that's the first step to having a desk, which is the first, the second, the first step of then having a place to put your your audio interface and hang your headphones somewhere. Right. So here's hoping soon, maybe soon, maybe soon. We're hoping. Yeah, I, we miss him. I mean, we get to talk to him, but we still miss him on the podcast. And I'm sure you all out there miss Stanislav as well. But you only have me and Dave this week, so it's just the two of us. Yeah, we can make it if we try. That's not our song. No, you're right. It's uh, it takes two to make a thing go right. That's better. Yeah. It takes two to make it out of sight. And on this week's show, we're going to be doing an exploration into some of the newest developments of Pioneer and Modern. On this show, there's going to be two of us talking about one. And that's oh. Frexia all will be one. Oh, man. I'm that's always good, here for a, a good pun or reference or whatever that terrible thing was. Two for one. It's a two for one podcast. Oh, perfect. It's not episode 241 yet, but it mm. will be one of these days. If we were a limited podcast, like what limited resources, do they still do like the three for one, four for one thing? I don't or? know. Aren't they, they're on like episode six or 700. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know what they do. I do remember when they did episode 241 though, and it was like a whole thing. They had like all the previous co-hosts on and it was, it was oh, fun. It was like a live episode. That's awesome. I think I kind of remember that, but I, I don't know. Well, it was like but seven I, years ago, so. That's when I was listening to limited podcasts way more often. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You mentioned, Dave, one. Phyrexia All Will Be One. We had the first modern and pioneer paper events with cards from this set. They already happened this past weekend. And we've had our ears to the ground, our eyes on the deck lists, and our goal this week is to keep you all up to date on what these new possibilities are and what people are saying about them. Yeah. Let's see. There's a there was a lot more stuff than I thought was was going to happen this weekend. Honestly, I know there there was a big event in Indy, a Star City Games in Indianapolis, Star City Games Con Indianapolis, the Motor City, and uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But that was the big event that especially fed a whole bunch of discussion we can have about modern. And then of course, yeah, there's just people talking stuff on Twitter that we like to collate into one place for everybody to listen to this first week. 
of new cards. I mean, there was a face-to-face, I forget what they call them, like a tour stop or like, you know, some kind of event stop. And there was a, a Pioneer RCQ there. We have some news from that featuring a, a deck list. Excuse me, that was not Pioneer. That was Modern. modern it's more yeah. Modern. We do have, and we have, we have some Pioneer rumblings. And potentially, if we have time, get into some metagame mentor stuff from Pioneer with Frank that also has some interesting ideas related to Phyrexia All of E1. So did any of our picks to click from the set reviews show up this weekend? That's what you have to wait and listen for listeners out there in the Dive Down Nation. But first we have some brief housekeeping. We have a new patron in Sag. Hmm. Sag, thank you for becoming a citizen of the Dive Down Nation. Sag, we're very happy you're here. Perfect. Perfect, Dave. No increased tiers, no new reviews for a minute. But if you do want to tell us what you think, if you want to, uh, you know, give us some stars on your podcast app of choice, that'd be appreciated. If you want to be like Sag, if you want to be happy, go to Patreon.com/slash The Dive Down. Throw us a couple, you know, a buck a week. That's all we need. We don't even need anything, honestly. But if you have some extra cash in your pocket and want to help support us fairly directly, go to Patreon.com/slash The Dive Down. You can also support us without doing kind of the subscription process of Patreon by going to our merch store. Go to thedivedown.com slash store, pick up t-shirts, hoodies, fanny packs, hats, all that good stuff. Um, lots of fun stuff to show your, show your support over there at the store. If you want to play Magic Online, if you don't want to purchase cards from bots, if instead you want to trade them, with the botnet of mana traders, go to manatraders.com. You sign up code the dive down 10 for 10% off your first two months of Magic Online renting. It's a service we've used for many years. They uh, really help keep this show going. And we appreciate if you use the sign up code or tell some people to use the sign up code if uh, they haven't used mana traders yet. I know there's, of course, they still have the, se- the series go on. Mm-hmm. And the series are like free to enter. They've got really good prizing for mana traders members. It's really worth your time to check these out. They've got really good competition. It's a great way to, to have some fun playing Magic Online for stakes and win some prizes there. Of course, our ongoing sponsorship with Barrister and Man. You can use sign up, not sign up code, you can use coupon code, the Dive Down 2023, our new code, the Dive Down 2023, for 15% off your first order at Barrister and Man. They have some new products that have been coming out last month and are coming out this month. I would encourage you to check those out. I know we have some stuff from Will coming our way soon. I'm excited to get some of those new scents and fragrances and shaving soaps and whatnot. And finally, NRG, Nerd Rage Gaming, of course, we cover their events, and they give 8% off to our listeners for free uh, by using code DIVE8. All right. And that's it. Wow. All the way. I just let you take that on your own. I hope that's okay. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, people skip it anyway. Oh, the so, metrics. The metrics in the, the, the housekeeper are brutal. If you're, if you're coming back now, go back and get the codes. Get the codes. If I if Even I catch if you, you skipping, I'm gonna make you buy a hat. <laughs> the hats are nice though. I have my I wear my hat regularly. It's a, they're nice hats. The hats for are a good really price good. and whatever color you want. So Dave, what do you want to start with first this week? We made a bunch of notes and yes. you've you've hastily rearranged them before we even started the show. As is my sort of thing I do often on the show. I'm like, why don't we change this on the fly? Like right when we're about to record, Shane's got everything in perfect order. And I'm like, let's just shuffle everything a different way. Uh, I think that Phyrexia All Will Be One is coming out soon. It's coming out tomorrow, February 7th. 
February 7th. Yeah, that's so Magic Online, Magic Arena, February 7th. There's going to be a lot more stuff to talk about next week, I'm sure. Well, there's plenty to talk about this week. And I think, actually, surprisingly, in some ways, I think we should talk about modern. And we'll do a little bit of a modern meta check-in with a focus on looking to see if there are new cards uh, that are popping up in certain places. And I have a feeling that there are. Sweet. I'm excited. Well, I mean, we know that there are some. We've done the notes. Yes, we've done the notes. We've done all eight pages of these notes. Let's start with... SCG Con Indy, as we mentioned, the Motor City, Friday, Modern, 5K RCQ. So a medium-sized tournament, 167 players. We're just going to yeah. look quickly at the top eight and then talk about if we saw any other interesting things. Shane, you wrote yeah. out this top eight. You want to take us through it? Why not? This is interesting. There's some interesting stuff right away. The first place player after Swiss was Matthew Sawich on Amulet Titan. Featuring four of the Microsynth Gardens to fit those in right off the bat. This player looks like they shaved, yeah, they shaved a Bajuka Bog, one of the four forests that I usually see in these lists, a Selesnia Sanctuary, and adds one additional land. So they have 33 total lands, and the rest of the list is very similar. So Matthew was just right in, hey, I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going four gardens, and they went 7 1. They beat things like Mill, Yogmoth, Rhinos, Living End, Hardened Scales, Four Color Rhinos, and Breach, and lost to Murktide. Lost to Counterspell, I guess, right? <laughs> Quite um, possibly. Amazing. Right off the bat, here we go. Everybody said the Titan maybe was going to be coming back. The Mycosynth Gardens coming at you right away. Shane, what does it do in this deck? Just to remind everybody, what is what does the Mycosynth Gardens do and why is it so good? In, in so English, does, you don't have to read the does, card text. Yeah, it does It does two things, right? I think primary, one thing is it gives Amulet a new access to a turn to kill that I will not repeat the process here. It involves like floating mana, you know, playing creatures that put lands onto the battlefield, things like that. And then also can become a copy of a target non token artifact you control with banner value X. And so that allows you to pretty quickly copy your amulet of vigor. And you know what this deck does when you have two amulets, it makes a boatload of mana and you're like, oh no, I'm going to lose. And that's how it kills you on turn two, to be clear. So the short answer is it lets you have extra amulets. Now it doesn't let you have your first amulet. So it's not redundancy, but it is speed right? Like, I guess it's redundancy if someone's going to kill one of your amulets, but it doesn't help you draw into an amulet the way that Urza Saga did. Yeah, I mean, but this deck, of course, still does play Urza Saga. Right. Uh, And so it's one of those things where I think it's a combination probably of potential speed, potential resiliency against artifact removal, maybe. Uh, But then also, I think once you have your engine going, I'm sure once you have, like, if you do get one off of your Urza Saga and then are able to sort of quickly copy it with this, if you need to, then, you know, Bob's your uncle and you're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right. First new card, first deck, first new card, Amulet Titan. Perfect. Amulet always comes back. It always comes back. Yes, it does. I mean, it, it, it has a particular and novel way of defeating you and so unless you're prepared and sometimes even if you are it can just be so explosive and and just do so much and disrupt you through the lands if needed and you have backup plans with uh urza saga and just continues to do what it does i think really reliably and we're going to talk a lot about emulet titan 
I think, in these tournaments. So I think there might be something to these gardens. Yeah. They're beautiful but up in the next, spring. Yes, they're beautiful in the spring. Owen Shang on five-color creativity in second place. This looks pretty stock to me. Dave, did you see anything weird? Yeah. I mean, for me, this creativity list from Owen, one thing to keep in mind is it's persist heavy, but it's still four col- five-color, four five-color. And it's also running Bitter Reunion. And I don't think I have seen too many of these decks, at least the last time I looked at a creativity list that was running Run and Six and Fire and Ice and Spell Pierce and Bitter Reunion all in a single deck. You know, it felt like the Bitter Reunion was showing up in the Jund lists that were kind of yeah, yeah, getting rid yeah. of all the blue cards, but this has got all of it. It's got Prismari Command and Bitter Reunion, and it also has four Thoughtseize main, I just noticed, <laughs> which is also slightly different for this deck. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, I think, particularly different about the five color excuse me the jund version that would make it run the quartet of bitter reunion like bitter reunion is just a, a one and a red like it's not like it's particularly in jund colors that would make it hard to cast or something like that well i i just think it was used as a replacement for draw cards in jund oh yeah right so yeah. if you're not running blue then you're running bitter reunion but the other thing that's missing from this deck list by the way is uh expressive iteration which huh. is a card that's often run in these lists as well. So there, there is some weird stuff going on here, for, by my eye at least. Yeah, it's not not as stock as I originally thought. The Bitter Reunion uh, is the particularly interesting call. It, of course, I mean, what this card does, of course, like Dave says, is it lets you sort of draw some extra cards, but then also you can sacrifice it for one and give creatures you control haste until the end of turn. And so, you know, it's a nice little combo with your Archons. Really allows you to not have to wait an extra turn to you know start swinging and get and get the the triggers off of it and the damage through. So I think it makes a lot of sense in these decks, of course. So we'll watch the space to see if this kind of becomes more of a staple in all of the creativity decks, or if Owen was just you know had a wild hair this day and and, and shoved three in there. Yep, yep. Next up, it's Mac Kamenowski. Max, Max Kamenowski, not Mac. Sorry, Mac, if you're out there. Is it Merktide this time? This this is a stock list. So no new cards in the five-color creativity, but some interesting deck building. This one also is pretty stock. I mean, Max is a master of Merktide, as we all know. And uh, nothing too out of the ordinary here. So I no, think we can just really. go from this one. Did not make the leap into minor misstep. So we, no. we know where Max stands. Not there yet. Dave, you got to talk about this fourth place deck. I don't. I don't really want to. I medium want to. I kind of, you know, it's Domain Zoo from William Harmonson on Domain Zoo. Came in fourth place. We did talk about this a couple weeks ago. We both were kind of like, it's fine. But this isn't regular old Domain Zoo. This isn't what we talked about. This is this is pretty different. Yeah, this is this is the version of the deck that we hinted to, but did not play on the week that we tested it. And this is the deck that plays all the Cascade spells. So it plays Bloodbraid Elf yeah. and Shardless Agent. It's a slightly bigger version. It doesn't have the one drops, which honestly, you know, when you and I talked, those were kind of feeling like yes. a little bit awkward to me. I know it makes it aggro and Ragavan's an amazing card, but the more I thought about it afterwards, the more I thought that it, they weren't maybe the best cards in the deck, but this deck has Sign of Draco, Territorial Kavu, Bloodbraid Elf, Shardless Agent, Mantis Rider, and then some number of other creatures that we can't tell whether they're in the sideboard or the main. 
Yeah, that's a weird thing. Is like all seventy-five cards are kind of ganged up in this one. So I'm yep. guessing things like Malira, the Living Cure, our sideboard, Lavinia, Azorius Renegade, Hitetsugu consumes all. Those are all kind of like sideboard cards for sure. Force of Vigor, of course, Damping Sphere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Rest yep. in peace. So we can kind of guess. But this, of course, also is running things like Obnixilus, the Adversary, which is a particularly interesting addition. Yeah, weird. a couple Teferi Time Raveler, another interesting addition. Love to see Mantis Rider still get some kind of modern play yeah it's not running Neshoba brawler either which is interesting no, which is not. a card that seemed like it was a staple in it so this deck is just kind of a bigger version of domain zoo right it's more like domain cascade in some ways yeah really interesting though is that they're running these two malira the living cure which is a green and a white for a three three it's a card that we didn't really talk about but we all know who malira is if you would get one or more poison counters, instead you get one poison counter and you can't get additional poison counters this turn. I, I don't think that really applies right now in modern for what it's worth. I mean, they but, could have been afraid. They could have just been like hedging, like, hey, maybe people are going to be bringing Infect back or something like that. Maybe, but this deck maybe. has plenty of burn and is fast. So I think that yeah. they're actually more interested in the other thing here, which is Exile Malira, the Living Cure. Choose another target creature artifact when it's put into a graveyard this turn. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. I think that they were playing with this as a little bit of a protection card, but also as a way to recycle their um, their Cascaders when they died, potentially. Oh, yeah. So, okay, if you attack and they block into the Cascaders, you sacrifice Malira, get a Cascader back, get another Cascade trigger. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, it's 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 not a bad beater. It's you know, it's a three three for two. I mean, yep. let's what fleece main lion. Let's go, and but yeah, the rebuy is pretty nice. So it kind of I think fits in. Like you can cascade into it off of shardless agent. You can you know, like you said, you can then maybe rebuy if they block your shardless agent or you chomp with a shardless agent. So there's some value there for sure. Yeah, fun is just a value card in a little aggro package. All right, next person on this list, fifth place. Mason Grody on Titan. Now, this Titan list that came in fifth place went 6-1-1 one, and one in the Swiss. One garden only. Just one. Testing it out. Seeing what's going on with that in, at the gardens. Yeah. At the gardens, not that much. And then in sixth place, we have Cody Yost, also with Amulet Titan. <laughs> and from by my count, no gardens here. Nope. Just went classic. Maybe they couldn't find them. Maybe they were like, nah, I don't need it. Titan's good enough by itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then... In seventh place, we had Bob Culp on Mono White Hammer. This is mm -hmm. a pretty stock list, but um, you know, doing things like having a Paradise Mantle, a couple of core outfitters, it's that version. No blue cards, all white cards. Yep. Manatithe. If you go this way, you're playing Manatithe if you uh, if you're Mono Manatithe. Yeah. Underappreciated card. Yeah, I think so. I prefer spell pierce, but hey, if you're not gonna play blue, go for it. And then finally, eighth place. We had four color glimpse. I don't even know what to say about this card, other or this deck, other than to say there's no new cards in this deck. <laughs> yeah, hope you like elementals because yep. there are some. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so there's our top eight. So not mind blowing. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see three copies of Amulet Titan. I mean, it wasn't the biggest field in the world, but we saw three Amulet Titan pilots make it to uh, the top eight. The 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 meta game readout, which of course is notoriously unreliable for uh, melee, it has six Amulet Titan pilots. And so three of those pilots made top eight. So that's that's saying something. Yeah. I mean, and interesting that only one of them had the gardens, though. 
guess no two. I mean, one had four. Oh, one had one. One had four. Guess the guess the overall win percentage of the six Amulet Titan percent uh, decks in this whole tournament out of 127 people. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna guess that their overall match win percentage was seventy percent. Dave, you're very close. It was sixty nine percent. Nice, nice. Wow, amazing. Nice work, Amulet Titan players. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. So, All right. that's so the no- big thing I'd say. Right, is that yeah. the three in the top eight? That's kind of that's just saying, hey, uh, I mean, maybe not Michael's the Microsoft Gardens is not necessarily making it the deck at what it is, but these players were saying, hey. Amulet Titans here. Uh, don't forget about it. Yeah. Worth noting that there was a fourth person in 13th place on Amulet Titan with no gardens. And um, yeah, that really yes. pushes up that win rate. So we can't really, yeah, we can't really say, you know, if we have no idea if Microsynth Gardens is the real deal. We're not real Titan players. So I think it's this is a definitely watch this space for how the testing goes for the the true heads out there. Once these cards get on Magic Online, I think we'll learn a lot more in the coming weeks how people are feeling about this. Yeah. I think, spoiler alert, they're loving it. I believe that there was a lot of people playing Titan this weekend on Magic Online as well, trying to get... Well, I guess it, it's not too easy to get a hold of the cards online, but I know a the few cards people were like, managed to get a hold of them. They were like weirdly legal. Like they're not legal, but they're available. And so like, I know people like, I think Spike scraped together like four of that new dragon we've been talking about. Capricious Hellkite. Yeah. Yes. I didn't, I was at work. I couldn't watch him play. So I had no idea what happened today. So I apologize listeners. Well, we'll, we'll get back to that later, but yeah, not, not too much new stuff in this particular tournament. There were three other interesting lists. There was a, in 12th place, there was Kevin Thomas with a gruel asmo list that was pretty cool uh but this is more i pulled this one out of the results because it had shane's serenth steel seeker from brothers war in it doing well and yeah that didn't do as much as i thought honestly like i feel like the serenth steel seeker has not become the thing i potentially expected but you know it's still something then we had cliff claff on five color indomitable creativity the main thing i reason i wanted to mention this is because this is another deck where accidentally all 75 cards are listed together but one of those 75 cards is atraxa grand unifier oh really yeah they had one atraxa i'm assuming atraxa was in the sideboard for you know certain games where you'd rather have that rather than archon of cruelty just a reminder what atraxa does is is it's is a flying seven seven for seven mana with flying vigilance death touch life link and when it enters the battlefield you reveal the top 10 cards of your library and for each card type you may put a card of that type from among those into your hand so basically you get to draw like four cards when it comes into play I mean, so. interestingly, you, you can't you cannot persist that. So that's definitely like a transmogrify target and kind of a spicy one because you're like, well, maybe, maybe I'll I won't hit the archon, or if I'm doing two, like maybe we can get one archon, one atraxa. So it seems like yeah, like a fun little value add potential there. Yep, yep. And then finally, and then, there in 18th place, there was an interesting teamer aggro deck that wasn't really aggro i guess it had expressive iteration and some other things but it's kind of like all the modern horizons two carts or all the modern horizons cards. like this is modern horizons block instructed this is eric williams it's ren and six ragavan dragon's rage channeler and urza saga all in one deck together where they all belong and also had one new card in a single minor misstep sweet but that's that's just a little look through the rest of the top 25 so that was the friday 5k and yes. they also had a Sunday 
10K RCQ. And they had more players in this one. There was a total of 225 players. And we have the top eight of this. And of course, some interesting selections from the rest of the you know well-performing field. So well, we've got Connor Mullally, fresh out of the their trip to the NRG, right? They were in the NRG? Yes, that's right. Yeah. They were on Jeskai Breach. Still doing Jeskai Breach things. Still breaching. There's, a, there's and, a lot of breach chat this weekend. That's what's coming in in right here. And so even though we want to talk about new cards, we do have to reckon with what's going on in Modern right now. So if yesterday was the day of Titan, today was the day of breach. And I don't mean Titan breach or through the breach. <laughs> we mean Underworld breach, which I just can't help see through the breach still sometimes when I see these cards. But this is our first breach deck, and it's still playing Grinding Station. Mm-hmm. Which we'll see, not everybody is doing with this anymore. Oh, yeah. But other than that, no new cards. Yeah, second place, Casey Ryback on Living End. Looks pretty stock. Yep. Seven, one, and zero. Nice. Third place, Kenneth Oswald on Is It Breach? Okay. So, Dave, yeah. tell me about this deck. Okay. <laughs> so, this deck is Breach number two, not Just Guy Breach. It's Is It Breach. And the reason that it is not Just Guy Breach. Is because it's not running white cards, but also this is a breach deck that is just running breach for value. Basically, it's not playing grinding station. It doesn't have an auto win button. What it does have is third path iconoclast, which is a card that I've played with breach in trying to play prowess. But this deck is much more so Dragon's Rage Channeler, Ragavan, Third Path, Iconoclast, all the spells you would imagine with it, Mishra's Bauble, and Three Underworld Breach, and that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I don't really get, and it's because I haven't played anything like this, is just how it kills, because it only has, I mean, it has the four creatures, excuse me, the four each of three creatures, and then it has some burn, but not a lot. It only has three bolts. The rest of the spells are kind of counter spells, spell pierces, ways to fill the graveyard with things like consider and expressive iteration to keep your hand full and holy heat for removal. And so I guess the idea is, hey, you don't kill my stuff. I get really, I get, I get dragon's rage channelers really quickly. So the closest thing we probably have to like a delver of secrets. Like that's working right now. You can kind of go wide with third path iconoclast, and then when you have enough mana and stuff to do with it, you underworld breach and cast even more spells, potentially some lightning bolts back out of the graveyard. Yeah, I would say lightning bolt is one of the main plans in this deck, actually. So, you know, Zach Allen was playing this list as well. He came in 15th, uh, even though it's marked. Is it? Oh, see, yesterday when I looked at this, it was marked as, is it Merktide? Someone went back into Melee and changed <laughs> it to, is it Breach today? Um, so Zach was on this list as well. He pointed out, mentioned things like, yeah, he killed people from 15 with a Lightning Bolt. Um, Whoa. Which is just what happens with this deck. Honestly, you really can cast Lightning Bolt like three times in a turn pretty, pretty easily. And so that's, that's some closing power, you know, when all that you're really doing is playing one card in your deck with a bunch of cards that already want to make their way in the graveyard for cheap, just fill it up and then kill them with Underworld Breach. And it's, it's less, there's no like combo kill, like with Grinding Station, you can set yourself up to go infinite, basically, you know, or like it's not infinite, really just go as much as you want to go. Um, and fill your whole library and then kill them. And and this deck relies on coming by that particular part of it, honestly, at least. But um, yeah, 
it's breach number two. The deck that people call Fair Breach. <laughs> fair Breach, yes. A notably, notable fair card. Underworld Breach. You ever cast a Yawgmoth's Will? <laughs> Shane, you ever cast a Yawgmoth's no, Will? Not, not yeah. a real Yawgmoth's Will, no. Yeah, I did. Do I want to? Uh, it was a good time. <laughs> um, we have some more Breach, Dave. Our fourth place list that I've been I've been trying to make make us get to. It's Benjamin McKinnon Duggins on a Jeskai Breach list. This is not that this is different than the sort of aggro fair breach decks. This is kind of you know it has the Emery's, it has the uh, Ragavans, it has the the, the Grape Shot, the express you know the expressive radiation, the grinding station, blah blah blah, the four in a world breach. Yeah, it's much more in line with Connor's deck and the more the deck that more people are familiar with, which is the, you know, it's the grinding station version where we're playing Mox Amber and we're doing all, all that kind of stuff. Dave, what's in this deck and why? I mean, the thing that I wanted to mention about this deck is that yes. one of the main creatures in this deck or one of the 13 creatures in this deck is Skrelv. Why? Skrelv is here. Because you don't need to pay mana for protection? No. Well, you already have that from Giver of Runes. I think the reason Skrelv is here is because, A, you can sacrifice at a grinding station if you want to oh, yeah. at one point oh, yeah. later down the path. But also, it turns on Mox Amber. Oh, yeah. It's legendary. Maybe part of why you would consider using this card here. I guess. Now, I mean, if you need to make more white mana, I guess, I guess any pip of mana is good mana. That's what I was thinking, too, is that, yeah, it only makes white, so I'm not sure... Not sure how, I mean, this person came in, I mean, Benjamin McKinnon Duggins came in fourth place, so I say it went pretty well for them. But, you know, being able to protect your Emery and being able to protect your, um, maybe your Fable with Skrelv or or other things like that, um, I think has a certain amount of utility, but I do think it's about getting up to extra legendary creatures so that Mox Amber is just on more often. Sweet. That's wild. I mean, we'll see if people start main decking Skrelv in this list, and that'll be kind of fascinating, but yeah. the 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 people talking about Skrelv, like, I mean, we mentioned it, and, and you brought it up, and you were like, hey, this seems pretty cool, and I feel like I, I did listen to a few other podcasts after that, and I've, I've heard the name Skrelv come up more than I expected, and I think that this card will see play. Skrelv is we'll very see good. How much. Skrelv, Skrelv is a card that we made a lot of fun of the past couple of weeks because of the name. And I did not think that there would be any place where it would rate in modern because Giver of Runes, I think is just better because it never costs mana. Um, but with Mox Amber, I guess it makes sense. So we'll see. But I, I feel bad that Skrelv, I actually did not put Skrelv on my top five list at the end of last week when we were all talking. And I'm I'm a little, you know, I would have loved to have done that just to see what uh, Sky has to say about, had to say about Skrelv because <laughs> it also didn't come up then, but. All right, fifth place, Brian Cole on Jun Sagavan. They went seven and one as well. This is a, a very fair, you know, grindy deck. It has things like you know Goyf and Ragavan and Fable and Ren and Six, and even a main deck Tireless Tracker. You know, the hand disruption, the board interaction, all that good stuff. River, a couple of Riveteers charm, uh, some Urza Saga targets, the usual stuff. Yeah, Riveteer's Charm is the most interesting thing to see in this list. It's it's a deck that's been kind of underground since, you know, for the last year or so. It's kind of not super popular, but cool to see that someone is playing it. And if you want a reminder of what Riveteer's Charm does, it basically does a Crackling Doom. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or Planeswalker they control with the highest mana value among creatures and Planeswalkers they control. So not power like Crackling Doom, but mana value. 
exile the top three cards of your library until your next end step you may play those cards so you can get some card advantage and then you can also exile a graveyard in a one shot so it's a pretty good card yeah all right dave what do we have what do we have next david well next up we have cody yost again and if you remember in the friday events cody yost was in sixth place. sixth place on titan stock list i'm just realizing that this is the deck list i've been looking for so this is cody yost on friday i'm not playing mycosynth <laughs> gardens cody yost on saturday four pack of 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 mycosynth gardens he got those from the vendors got them from the vendors is <laughs> the playing them on sunday and top aided again with amulet titan at seven one i would like to mention that this deck list was listed at when i wrote the show notes was listed as all other deck lists quote and now on melee it them. is switched over to amulet titan so at least we all know what it is um this is my my argument that i will make that amulet titan players are believing in this card because this is someone who top aided with a le- with a michael sith gardens list 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 how you my goodness michael sith <laughs> gardens less list on friday <laughs> Perfect. And then went out and got four and top it again with it on Saturday with Gardens. It's happening. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's time for me to pick up Amulet Titan. I've decided. Do it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, this is a running bit. Yeah. I mean, you've got the cards, right? No, I never bought them. Uh, oh, okay. Good. Seventh place, Jacob Powell, Teamer Breach, The Grinding Ding. Breach, Ren and Six, more Breach stuff happening. Well, but this is this is the third flavor. Yes, so this right. is not Jeskai Breach for Teferi and other white cards. This is Teamer Breach for Renin 6. Uh, also, interestingly, I haven't noticed it's how many of these decks are starting to pick up Fable of the Mirror Breaker. So Benjamin had it. Yeah. Connor did not. Jacob did. But this is our fourth Breach deck in the top eight and our third different flavor, let's say, of Breach. <laughs> other than that, it's it's very much like the Jeskai list, other than the fact that it has Renin 6, though. All right, eighth place, AJ Kazo on an Is It Merktide build. Uh, AJ decided to have one minor misstep in the main deck, but otherwise looks like uh, Is It Merktide to me. And if you believe what Zach Allen had to say about minor misstep, because he played it, then I think that he thinks playing minor misstep is a major misstep, if you know what I'm saying. So we can talk about <laughs> well, yeah, that later. There's there's other takes. I'm, I'm seeing some other takes. I, I'm seeing other takes, but nobody has more than, well, not nobody. There is one deck list I found that definitely has more than one. Uh, I oh, haven't yeah. seen too many lists that have more than one minor misstep just kind of popped in there for fun. And, Can't wait uh, to talk about that list, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see who won the events. We didn't check. Uh, it's it's it's. I wish that MTG Melee had would put like the the top eight stuff. They always just have the Swiss, and then frequently the the, the top eight's not there. They do. It's down at the bottom. So the finals were, let me see here. The finals were Casey Ryback on no Living No pairings End. were found. Oh, I know why. Because the top, the top two players went to the RCQ. So they, were, they didn't even do the finals, apparently. They didn't do, that's what it is. Yeah. So that we have the top four. So it was Merktide versus Breach on one side of the bracket versus Jeskai Breach on one side of the bracket. Uh, AJ Kazo versus Benjamin McKinnon Duggins. And then Casey Ryback on Living End versus Kenneth Oswald on Is It Breach. Uh, that was the that was your third path iconoclast version, and then the Skrelv deck was the other one that made it. So, Dave, mm-hmm. Amulet Titan did not have 
an amazing showing this tournament, just a 51.2% win rate. Guess what the win rate of Jeskai Breach was for the nine pilots? 69%. 64.8. Ah. Still a very nice win rate. How about anything else that says Breach in it? Teamer Breach, 56.5%. And those are the breaches on the first page of you know the top 15, top 25 archetypes. So Yeah, there you go. Okay. Sweet. All right. So anything interesting you found past the top eight? I mean, I just want to stop and talk for a second about the fact that this deck, that this top eight had four breaches in it again. Four breaches, <laughs> yeah. three different decks. Kind of terrifying. We'll come back to that in a minute. But yes, beyond the top eight. Okay, ninth place in this tournament was Kevin Thomas, who came in 12th on the Friday tournament with that same Gruel Asmo deck again. Kevin. I'm very sorry for your weekend. It was a great weekend, but also on the bubble two days in a row. That's that's rough. 20th place, we had Evan Wooden on Azorius Hammer. That's not really Azorius because yeah. they were playing Nahiri the Unforgiving. Oh, yeah. First time Just a one I saw somebody trying it on Hammer. Yes, it's a actually, it's a one-of in the main and one-of in the board, I think, if I remember okay. right. Yep. One of each. And also playing with no, that is really the only red card that was in the in the deck at all. So it was being splashed off of a single sunbaked canyon and a single sacred foundry. And I found a tweet from Evan after the tournament that says six and two for 20th out of 224 in SCG Con, modern 10k with Nahiri Hammer. Nahiri was a positive and better than core outfitter each time but i didn't see her enough to really know how good she is hammer is still broken either <laughs> yeah bonkers yeah. deck uh cool card i'm interested to see future applications of nahiri we mentioned that you know she could have spots in, in hammer she could have spots in weird like value decks there's, there's a lot of interesting options with stoneforge mystic with elementals we'll see what happens anything has an etb yeah I'm into it. I, I definitely want to try it out. I haven't gotten any Phyrexia cards yet, which is weird. I usually run out pre-release weekend now and buy some boxes. But I think I'm going to wait till this weekend to do that. Or if I have a really bad Wednesday, then I might be ripping open some collector's packs. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this would be an awesome set. Like If I still lived in Chicago, we, we could get like one or two boxes and just do like really awesome sealed pools and just yeah. like see what we open. Yeah, that's what I used to do with you before you moved, and it's what I used to do with Stan <sighs> before he moved, and now... <sighs> anyway. All right. It's so hard to say <laughs> goodbye to yesterday. That's right. 21st place. Another interesting thing I saw. Christian Valenti on Jeskai Breach at 6-2. and two. Okay, but this is a fourth kind of Jeskai Breach in my mind. <laughs> so what is this Jeskai Breach? This Jeskai Breach is a Jeskai version that is not running Grinding Station either. Who needs it? Other than that, it's the exact same deck as the Jeskai Grinding deck. So it's not aggro. It's not trying to do third path iconoclast in the main, at least. I don't see one on the sideboard here either. But... What is going on here? So this deck, instead of having Third Path Iconoclast, is running Dragon's Rage Channeler, Ragavan, and four Ledger Shredder. So it's just going with the threat package that you would have in Breach normally and just relying on Lightning Bolts and other stuff instead. What do you think yeah, about I that, mean, Shane? Yeah, we're just we're to the point, I think, where people have you know iterated on the game plans, iterated on the deck lists, and 
Underworld Breach is just so reasonable, and we have so many ways to both fill the graveyards and cast cheap spells that it's just like, hey, Underworld Breach is just a bonkers card that allows me to kill out of nearly nowhere, so why not play it? Yeah. And do I... I mean, the thing that's interesting is Grinding Station is supposed to be the power that makes the deck really go. Yeah. Right? And people don't seem... I mean, people are starting to move away from that. Maybe it's just because they don't want to pay $40 for a for a uh, uncommon <laughs> from Fifth Dawn or whatever that's in, whatever set that was in. Yeah, I mean, it probably exposes you to certain kinds of disruption that this deck doesn't the same way. Like, I'm sure you're still afraid of graveyard disruption at times and things like that, but you still have then your your, your beatdown plan, right? You can just cast spells and let's swing in. And grinding stations are a little bit weak to what artifact interaction, graveyard interaction, pithing needle effects, things like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, 24th place actually was someone on the same list. So our grand hmm. total for breach decks in the top 25 is seven. My goodness. Across four different builds, let's say. Yeah. That's wild. I am going to take my breaches out as soon as I can. Yeah, I should probably sell mine. I think I have a foil somewhere. Oh, maybe. Wow. I bought I these for like, two, I can't believe it. It's like a 20 something dollar card now. I don't know if you saw, like, it spiked in the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's for way some up. I'm not going to play it. I should just get rid of these things. Yeah. But speaking I'm, of stuff I want to buy into, though, Dave. Yep. Can, I've been I've been salivating. I've been champing at the bit for this 39th place list, and <laughs> I mean it's 39th place. They I was going to say pro- three. props for going for for us looking this deep. I this is a deck list that we do want to talk about, so I'm glad I'm glad. But Joseph Ward on Bant Infect, four Glistener L, four Blooded Agent, two Noble Hierarch, four Venerated Rot Priest. You also. Adding three Tyvar Stand into the main deck. That's the X Green Pump Protection spell. A card that has shown up a lot more than I thought it was going to. So it's here and yeah. other places too. But the sideboard gets kind of wild. I mean, the, the rest of the main deck is kind of like what you expect. It's you know a pile of pump spells like Blossoming Defense, Groundswall, Medieval Crows, Mutagenic Growth, Scale Up, and Vines of Vastwood. A couple of Rancor in there as well. Why not? But the sideboard gets really wild. There's four minor misstep, which is something that I'm kind of surprised I didn't think about in, in an application where it's like, you know what deck would actually want something like this? This particular one mana counter spell to counter one mana spells is a deck that gets eaten alive by one mana spells. You know, it doesn't want fatal pushes, it doesn't want unholy heats, doesn't want lightning bolts, potentially. So minor misstep allows you to really, I think, interact with those one mana removal spells. It allows you to, with like a slim amount of mana, even like double counter spell, because that's kind of one of the things that you could get you out, right? It's like they they yeah. hold two they they hold two spells. You pump, they respond to the pump. You could you know, or like you could counter spell. The first removal spell, they then like go for the second one, you counterspell that, and then you can do a pump spell after that or something like that. So there's a lot of ways, I think, for you to sort of have counterspell on the stack play and really get there with minor misstep. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't think that deeply about it when it, it went in here. I was like, oh, this person is just going for it because they think it's really good. But I, that makes sense to me. I, I have a, I really have a feeling that this is not a card that is going to stick around in this kind of quantity. Probably not. Even in even in this kind of like well thought teched out version, but um yeah, there's some other yeah, cute stuff going on in this deck though. Oh man, super cute! Three serum snare, 
the one and a blue instant return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand if it had mana value three or less proliferate. So it's sort of yes. a, an expensive bounce slash add an extra poison counter. So it could pr- protect your, your stuff, get rid of their stuff. And add a poison counter. Yes. That seems like that ex- could be really expensive. Useful. I mean, what do you want? You want it for one mana? Look at all the text on this card. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and, and with Venerated Rob Priest, it's effectively like, I'm I'm targeting my creature for protection, I'm giving you poison counters. Like, Rob Priest only works when you target your spells. So, Correct. I mean, excuse me, your creatures. So, I mean, there's there's some something there. It's probably, it's in a way, another way to finish someone off outside the combat step, if you need to, if you have Rob Priest out. And you notice that I said Bant earlier, and I've, all I've talked about is... Uh, Blue Simic, Simic spells. So in the sideboard, there are three Skrelv's Hive. <laughs> I guess, I mean, sweet. <laughs> this is this is awesome. It's a it's a you know it's the infect bitter blossom for the grindy matchups, right? Like you just lose a life, make a a, a toxic creature, and if you really need it, I don't, I don't know why, but like if they have three or more poison counters, which they almost certainly will. Creatures you control with doc- toxic have lifelink, so you could be chumping with them. You could be just going wide, and then you know alpha strike type thing. I mean, so, I mean, don't you just want to not die to burn? Like it's, yeah, a, it's. I mean, didn't this deck used to have problems with burn? Quite possibly. I mean, yeah, burn would hate this, right? Because just like, hey, I got some early infect damage in, and I'm going to block everything you do, and then you better be drawing into burn spells very quickly to dome me, or else I'm just going to be swinging in with my Skrelv Hive creature every turn. Yeah. yeah, just to be clear, the, the Hives can't block. So it's your other uh, creatures that can you. block. The Mites can't thank block. You, thank you. That's one of the one of the one of the things about a Mite. But yeah. um They're not mighty. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I do think that that one last thing I want to just mention here really quickly is Rancor. Was Rancor in the blue green lists back it's, in the day or no? It's come in and out. It's definitely okay. been like an option. Like I have a playset just from random infect list when I was still buying all the infect cards way back in the yep. day. So yeah, it's yeah. it's been there. Like trample I is mean, always handy. Yeah, well, I was going to mention it's also a card that has a little bit of synergy with Venerator Rot Priest because if you have oh, it, tra- yeah. you have it on a card. They kill the card, you get the raker back. You know, you get to cast it again, get another trigger. So that's that's something that's pretty fun too. A little synergy there. One one thing that was interesting, I think, is that. Do you want to talk about the other? Rot Priest lists before we just talk about yeah. Rot Priest or okay. Yeah, 75th, 75th place again, just four and four. James Holiday, uh, four Rot Priest list. They have no noble hierarch, but they're running some new spells in two aspirants ascent, which is blue, give target creature plus one plus three, flying and toxic one until end of turn. Mm-hmm. That seems interesting to me. I'm really, it seems like a lot for a little, but getting someone over with flying, I mean, it's kind of like you, sometimes you used to play things like uh, make your creature unblockable with a rebound and stuff like that. So this is kind of effectively a similar thing, but without the rebound. So I don't know. And don't, an extra, an extra toxic, to- an extra poison token too. You th- oh, so the toxic, oh, it does add like additional. You're right. It stacks. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. replace it or anything. So they get toxic okay. one and toxic one. So yeah, that's cool. And well, whatever infect damage you have coming in is good too. That too. So yep. uh, two Tyvar Stan, we've talked about that card earlier. And then two Prologue to Phyresis, a card that I kind of liked. It's the one in the blue, give a poison counter, draw a spell. Excuse me, draw a card spell. So yeah, sure. 
This card is still a little surprising to me in this deck. Got to be honest. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it fits personally, but um, yeah, probably not. They were testing the seed core as well in the main deck. Well, singleton. They had two minor misstep in the sideboard. Probably thinking along the same lines. Hey, that stops removal spells. Why not play it? So we're seeing yeah. some early versions of Infect. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super interesting. The one thing I was going to say was, you know, there were some people talking about Raw Priest. I think Mickey and a couple other people in our in our Discord today were talking about it, and they kind of hit on something that I was trying to communicate about what I thought about Rock Priest a couple of weeks ago, which is like the situation that you get in with when Rock Priest is on the board and a creature, another creature is that kind of like, well, which one do I kill situation yeah, where it's exactly. like, well, I, I kill Rock Priest. I leave their other threat. I kill their other threat. You know, I just take more tokens from Rock Priest. So you can kind of get in the situation where you can't really get out of it. Um, I saw somebody say that they felt like it was functionally similar to Esper Sentinel in that way, in a way where mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, do I just kill it and get the card or do I have to pay mana and lose tempo to be able to keep them from drawing the card? It's a little bit of that kind of vibe that I think helps this deck a little bit. What's weird about this deck too now is that you know, typically you would not want to tap out against Infect ever, right? But then if right. they if they go through their combat step and they don't kill you, then you could conceivably do something in like their, you know, their end step or something like that before you untap. Like with this, it kind of puts your opponent in a tough spot where it's like, if they're remotely close to dying to infect, like they really can't ever use their mana super effectively. You gain a lot of tempo because they tap out and there's like Tyvar stand, Vines of Vastwood, Mutagenic Growth, Grounds, you know, like Blossoming Defense, like you know, I'm I'm doing damage outside the combat step, which is something I've I've kind of focused a little bit on that venerated raw priest allows you to do. But yeah. I think that that kind of tempo gain also has to be pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, and even just if you get in a removal versus removal versus protection spell war, and you have raw priest out, they take a poison counter for every single one of those things. So if they try to kill your creature and you play Tyvar stand for zero X. You know, and mm -hmm. then they go, well, I'm going to cast another removal spell. And then you do Apostle's Blessing. It's like, all of a sudden, they just took four poison counters. Did they take four? Well, it's if it's they cast a removal spell, yeah. and then you protect it, and then they try another <sighs> removal spell, oh my and gosh, you do it right. again, that's, because, that's four yeah. poison counters. Yeah, whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, it's not just your spells. This is even better than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's something. I'm glad they, man, they're really trying to make Infect into like a thing again here. And I'm, I'm glad they're doing it because I do feel like one of the things that modern kind of lacks right now is something you like, you truly have to respect. You never, you don't have to respect Infect anymore. And for better or for worse, like having to respect it way back in the day, I think was an interesting part of the format. And I'm glad that you have to do something like that potentially again. Yeah. Now, we just talked for a long time about Infect because you used to be a Infect main. We've talked a lot about Breach recently, and this is more interesting and new. These initial results aren't like the best, of course. No. I think we should acknowledge that, but maybe there's you know some tuning that can be done to make this go further, or I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's going to be hanging around at tier two, and maybe that's okay. But I do think there's a lot more to a card like Venerated Rot Priest than it looks like at first. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting engine piece. So those are our two kind of big modern paper tournaments, but I was digging a lot on the weekend and I have kind of this, this segment and section I called oddities and ephemera. 
because it's just sort of like some weird stuff, some interesting decks out of some small tournaments. These are definitely not things I think we can learn a ton, ton from, but I think that gives us ideas of what people are doing out there and what our new options are looking like in modern as well. And the first deck I wanted to talk about was, you know, a really small paper event. This was like one of those ones where it's like the second modern at home with like, you know, 20 odd players or something like that and it showed up on goldfish and we're seeing people have fun with new cards at least like so second and third place were amulet titan pilots both running one or two of the microsynth gardens but the deck i wanted to talk about of course is fifth place was this obzon company deck it had three tarvar jubilant brawler this is basically kind of the usual devoted druid vizier of remedies thing. Also had some Stoneforge Mystic in there as well. And it looks very much like a, a testing deck to me, like a lot of three ofs. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure the numbers on these things will get ironed out over time. It has the infinite mana sinks, like the Dustwash recruiter and finale of devastation tutors like court of calling Eladamri's call some value cocos there in random amounts. And then we saw another similar list in seventh place, this is Obzon list with four Tyvar, a smattering of kind of the expected cards to make the combo happen. It leans a little bit more on Eladamri's call and Finale of Devastation to find those combo pieces. So we are seeing people um, already be testing these uh, these Tyvar lists. And again, small tournament, but Obzon Company has a couple showings in the top eight of, of this event. Yeah. And then why don't you just talk about the next note yeah, this that you is, had here? This is potentially, this is a little bit more, I think, saying something, because this is more Druid combo with Tyvar. Uh, the Twitter user Dreams of Ashiok, who I've definitely heard this name out and about. I'm sure they're probably a, a good Canadian player because face to face is based out of Canada. They took an, a list straight from G.R. Duncan, uh, online friend of the show, G.R. Duncan, shout out. He had a recent article. And on themanabase.com, we'll have the link in the show notes. And so it's basically called Modern Devoted Druid Combo in 2023. And what Duncan's list is doing, or GR, I don't know what you know Duncan wants Ryan. to be called. Ryan. Ryan. That's yeah. probably a better thing. It's, that's Hi, Ryan. Name. Yeah. So this the list Ryan put together leverages Tyvar to get a lot of the, you know what you want to do. The same turn combos off without having to untap. Get the same turn activation of Mana Dorks like Birds of Paradise. Those same turn activations of Giver of Runes, Stoneforge Mystic, and so on. And Birds is an interesting addition over something kind of like Noble because it ostensibly allows for kills in the air with infinite mana and a Tyvar stand. Uh, another new card from uh, All Would Be One the you know the we've been talking about that at the rest of this episode it has other mana sinks like three layer of the hydra uh walking ballista eladamri's call to go find your ballista stuff like that yeah so help me understand what is different about this list from the ones that we just talked about earlier so there's no company in this one like this is yeah, just co- value kind of interesting up. well i think some of the main things is like this this goes hard into birds of paradise which I don't believe these other lists were doing. I think they call it hard bop, if I remember right. Hard bop. Okay, no. Yeah. I mean, those other lists had three. I think what's interesting about this is it kind of eschews some of the things that you would expect to have. Like, it doesn't have Duskwatch Recruiter. It okay. doesn't have um, Finale of Devastation, even. So it's really saying, like, I want to tutor up what's needed with my... Uh, what's what is, what's the spell, Dave? Uh, the call. call. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm a little bit surprised that it's sort of lacking 
some of those ways to use infinite mana, but it's kind of like, hey, I have a lot of things I can do. Like I can uh, infinite mana my Lair of the Hydra. If I just have, you know, the uh, a tutor, I'm good to go. Because especially with like my Birds of Paradise or my lands making my uh, white mana. So I think it's really just kind of like, I will have what I need to use the infinite mana. I'm potentially surprised, uh, not surprised, I'm potentially interested to see if there'll be f- further iterations to this deck list. I'm sure there yeah. will. That I mean, will this give one us, to like, me, finale. Yeah. This one to me looks a lot neater, you know, in a lot of yeah. ways. It's got a lower mana curve. Like everything in this is like, like the Tyvar is the top end of the mana curve instead of like trying to do something with finale sometimes yeah. or, or whatever. Um, it just I mean, feels, I, I don't know, this, this one just this, feels tighter. Is... And also this one goes harder in a Tyvar stand, right? Yeah. The other one doesn't have it. This one uses that spell as a potential sink as well. Yeah. It's a way to, way to kill someone with infinite mana. Um, right. although, so, uh, dreams of Ashiok, I don't know their real name. They stated that they would go down on Tyvar stand a bit, but that yeah. Tyvar itself was, and I quote the nuts, uh, they released a guide just like an hour or two ago on mm-hmm. Google, and they, they put it on their Twitter and the Google Drive document. So the number of times I was able to combo from out of nowhere with Tyvar was just too many. I got back missing pieces to kill twice, but I mainly used it as a way to be able to set up the combo next turn and demand interaction. Tyvar giving... Uh, returning a giver of runes or enabling protection is what impressed me the most. I hadn't considered when playing with this card... Uh, before playing with it, I guess, was how many times I returned to Stoneforge Mystic with the Druid already in play. There's so much redundancy in this deck, and Tyvar enables it all. If Druid is truly back, it's because of this card. Well, I mean, yeah, we know that, my friend. Interesting. So they were very high on Tyvar, and it's doing exactly what I think people expected in this deck, which is the you know the redundancy, the explosiveness, the same turn activations. You, you just gain so much tempo from your opponent never being able to do anything against you uh, or never being able to tap out against you because of fear of just, hey, uh, even if they play this, they can just win. And that's, that's such a huge difference from having to be able to untap. Yeah, giant difference. I mean, Tyvar, my pick for the best card in the set... No real results in that we saw in Star City, but you know, this face to face is probably yeah. a pretty big tournament itself. And then, like we said, lots of other people starting to pick it up. And uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, it'd be nice to have a deck like this floating around as well. It's sort of like combo oh, Stoneforge Mystic kind of deck. I'm actually more amped about this having potential than I am, in fact, potentially having potential because I think that. I really do like the creature combo strategies in the past, but you know, both Infect and this deck have been historically weak to removal, right? That's just kind of the issue. Right. And like having to always worry about that is kind of a pain in the butt. But this is sort of like, yeah, I mean, I'm still potentially weak to removal, but I have so many ways to make you have to have it. Yeah. These mana sinks are good. These mana sinks are making me thirsty. Exactly. We do have one more thing with uh, that I wanted to mention. This is from Twitter user uh, Panshad Julian. And... They said they top aided Nerd Nerds Cafe 2K with old reliable. They called it Red Eyes Blue Dragon. Uh, my note is that's Merktide. First in Swiss, <laughs> they tried out. They so the reason I brought this up is they wanted to try out Minor Misstep today, and they said it felt amazing having a non-payable answer to Sigarda's aid, meaning the opponent can't pay to resolve Sigarda's aid or Colossus Hammer felt nuts. Also trades up in mana versus Dash Ragavan. Uh, and then later mentioned in the thread that it's great to, you know, with how low to the ground the format is, and also beating Cascade spells, they particularly mentioned, they said is awesome. I don't want to hear that, but, right, you know, 
We'll see. How many did they run? Did they say? Try out Do one. No. One minor misstep. One minor misstep. They probably will we'll run see. more than. I, we'll see. I, I feel like this car, I mean, it. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Zach Allen here. Zach, who said it was unplayable on Twitter. And just that's where yeah. I'm, that's what I'm going to believe for now. Will I be happy if I get a couple to be able to have around in my port in my playables box? Sure. Just in case I ever need them for some reason, but we'll see. Okay. So Dave, before we move on to any, to the other format. Yeah. What are you particularly, are you particularly excited about any kind of these new developments? Are you kind of anxious? Is there anything that you want to be trying right away? Are you kind of just like, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I like these Tyvar decks quite a bit. I mean, these are none of these are decks that I used to play in the past. I was not an, in fact, I was not a devoted Druid person in either case. Um, I am a bit more appealed by still trying to see if Nahiri is actually something in Hammer. I'm also someone who really wants to go out and play some some more Breach, even though you know not really those not really new cards, although. You know, I might try Skrelv in it. We'll see how that goes. But the um, I am pretty interested in the Devoted Druid list, and I don't think it's that hard of a deck for me to get to, especially if it's not running um, Finale of Devastation. Yeah. Because yeah, those are I, have, I already have Stoneforge, so it's sort of like the rest of the package is stuff that I would want to get anyway. Yeah, I've been I've had the same playset of finale for forever before it became like a forty dollar card. So, Dave, uh, guess how much the showcase Tyvars are now because people are paying attention. <laughs> I'm sure they'll go back down because this is twelve dollars. Not no, I mean these. This is still just a rare. It is uh, about nine fifty shipped. Wow, how yeah. much is a venerated rot priest right now? Oh, I don't want to know because it's probably. I more think than they're I like fifteen dollars a piece already. It's a good good card, Dave. Um, like 10, 11 bucks. Okay. But again, that's an expensive, no, it's like eleven fifty, thirteen dollars $13. I'm going to definitely wait for that one to kind of dip back down after the initial hype, but cause there's so many cards yeah. in the set. Like I'm not saying go out and buy these. I'm saying like, uh, if you pre-ordered for like four bucks for your tie bars, I'm sure you're happy. Otherwise you might have to be patient. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm apt for sure about messing with tie bar. I think it's just a super cool build around and I'm, I'm hyped that it exists. I'm actually a little more excited about getting hold of Tyvars for, um, for Pioneer, mm -hmm. but we'll see about mm -hmm. that maybe later or a different time. All right. So Dave, we mentioned Shane. earlier, yeah, that we have some Pioneer to talk about. Yeah, probably not too much because I think what we, you know, there's the the Pioneer Pro Tour is sneaking up on us. That's like what the weekend of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yep. So if so, we were to do a preview episode for it, it would be the one that the next one we record. Yeah, we'll do probably you know a little little previewy type thing. I'm sure, uh, break it down on the twentieth. Um, I'm actually I'm out of town that week, so hopefully stands back by then to initially to to jump back into his favorite format of Pioneer. It's just gonna be me, <laughs> just a solo. By myself. Hey, we yeah. we hinted at that as a possibility. We'll have some solo yeah. segments. So we have a whole solo episode. What I think we should talk about, you know, briefly perhaps is the Frank Karsten metagame mentor, uh, which more than just giving us kind of a state of the format, it also, I think more interestingly, gave us some ideas he had from like cool decks that made the Pro Tour and then how he potentially sees them being tweaked with additions from the, the new set for Rexia All Will Be One. So just for time, we're going to go ahead and skip some of the actual metagame stuff that Frank was yeah, talking about. we'll save that for next week. Yeah, let's just talk about it later. I think 
instead, let's talk about some of the interesting lists that he kind of liked cards for, since we hadn't found a bunch of uh, Pioneer events to draw deck lists from quite yet. Although there's always stuff on Twitter. We have a couple of things like that at the end as well. Mm-hmm. But the first one that Frank pointed out that I would like to talk about that I think oh, is yeah. a cool and fun deck that I enjoy, which I can't believe I would say that, uh, given things I've said about <laughs> Boggles in the past, is Selesnia Auras. Yeah. Sleeper deck. Uh, you know, sleeper deck in the sense that like it did pretty well at the RC and in the lead up right directly before the RCs, at least in the North in North America, it had a, a kind of a moment. Yeah. And you know, it's light pause and SRAM doing interesting stuff, trying to build up on hexproof glade cover scouts. And then Razorverge Thicket is good for the deck, of course. But the big thing here is probably, probably, probably Skrelv. Our buddy Skrelv. Skrelv is back. So what's Skrelv doing here? Just the protection? The I mean, and- protection is huge. Yeah. yeah. Having onboard protection that you just pay life for is giant yeah. for this You don't have deck. to sacrifice. You don't have to sacrifice the creature. So it's just always there. Right. Okay. Right. So it's, it's like a and- giver of runes that's legal in Pioneer. Yes, exactly. And a good point that it's like a, a card that used to play a lot in this deck is... What was it? Alcius, Lice Bounty, or whatever. Of Lice Bounty. Yeah, and that one you had to pay mana and sacrifice it. And this card is just like, you tap it, and then you can do it over and over and over again. Um, it or counts the dog as an that sacrifices or whatever, right? Yeah, um, the companion dog, yeah. So it counts as an artifact for all the glitters, which is great. You know, that's a nice thing that those other cards did. I mean, the dog didn't, but the Alcia did. But the big thing here that I thought was a fascinating thing from Frank's mention is that it turns on maybe wanted to play Mox Amber in this deck. And you always want to play Mox Amber. I mean, Mox Amber is a good card. I think yeah. that it's a card that, you know, took a while for there to be one drop legendaries that helped make it better. But it's a card that I've had my eye on for a long time. And putting it in a deck like this is pretty, pretty cool. I mean, because SRAM and Lake Paws are also legendaries. Yep. So a huge part of your creature suite is legendary in this kind of list at this point. And, you know, white mana is good. It's, it's, too bad that you can't really get access to green mana from from any of this stuff, but maybe that's enough to just push it forward. Yeah, I mean, along with Razor Ridge Thicket, right? It's like, hey, I have access to my my white mana when I need it early. I have access to my green mana when I'm stacking enchantments and things like that. So yeah, and as much as I made fun of Scroll, like I said earlier, there's a whole bunch of places I want to try it in Pioneer. I mean, like I said, I'm surprised to see it show up in Breach in Modern. I don't know if that piece of particular idea will stick, but you know, we have it in Auras here. I've seen people play it in Boros Heroic. You know, there's a player who's well-known for playing Boros that we've talked about a couple times on the show. I am Broadband on Twitter. Top eight of their first RCQ this season played to Skrelv in their Boros Prowess deck. And then also, you know, there was a great video launched today by Doomwake. Doomwake, who, by the way, has just started streaming full-time. So if you want to throw some support Devin's way, I'm sure he would appreciate it. But he launched a, a video today that was about a bunch of different lists and the list that he was talking about Skrelv in and Tyvar as well, by the way, is Vanifar. Vanifar, my friends. You'll never quit that. I'll never quit that. No, Birthing Pod's cool. And also I got a 5-0 in Modern with Vanifar one time. <laughs> you never forget what are you gonna the do? 5-0s. Yeah, but any any creature deck in Pioneer that wants a little boost against black, red and black removal seems to be wanting to give Skrelv a, a chance. And I, I think that's worth it. Yeah, very cool. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it starts, right? Like we're getting these ideas, uh, you know, this isn't like an actual proven list, but I think that this makes total sense to me. So 
Yeah, we'll see. All right, what's another one from Frank's list? I like this uh, this mono black mid range. It's a deck that you know it's it's got some chops. It's made some people got some people into the Pro Tour. This is an all black version of basically something similar to like Rakdos mid, and this adds things. You know, this can add things like Phyrexian Obliterator, and potentially Phyrexian Arena. And when you're going that hard into like black pips, like with Obliterator, you can potentially think about even doing something with Nykthos as like a devotion deck. And there are cards that take advantage of oodles of black mana, right? I mean, there's Grey Merchant of Asphodel if you want to get go all the yeah. way back. I mean, there's like there's some removal spells that like it's like minus X to creature give you that much life. Right, like right. that's a great use of black, a ton of black mana. If you want to, you know, really turn the tides against your opponent, is that battle at the bridge or something like that? Is that the card you're I talking about? I don't think so. I don't. Well, maybe okay. it doesn't sound right. Uh, and then Frexian Arena is an interesting card to have suddenly be legal in Pioneer as well. I mean, it's a EDH staple. It's a card that occasionally has been powerful enough to be a one of in different eras of all across a long time of Magic. Um, in case you're not familiar with that card, you probably are, but it's a generic black-black enchantment that you lose a life and draw a card at the beginning of your upkeep, basically, right? Oh, what, the uh, the Phyrexian Arena? Yeah. Yeah. One black-black, yep. lose lose one life, draw a card. Yep. Very slow. Go. Very slow. Well, you know, it's nice to be able to draw extra cards on your own. But here's the thing that, that I think is interesting about this deck and that I have never tried in Pioneer and have never had come up against me yet is, so Invoke Despair is a good card? Apparently. It's Why fascinating not? to me. I mean, you're, I like guess you're, not you're trying as, to get the board clean enough, I guess. and then I mean, it's just, just not as good as, like, it's a weird cruel ultimatum, kind of. But maybe it's... Uh, it's value, baby. People love it. I mean, I it's it's in a lot of decks. I know it's like the top end kind of home run hitter for a lot of these different. I've just never played the card. I've never had a cast against me. Still, so it, I'm still I'm surprising to see this as the payoff in a deck like this. I agree. But hey, you know what goes good with uh, with Nykthos is a a card that costs you know one black 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 to cast. So let's do it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think this is like gonna take over the metagame by any re- by any means. But I think that. There is something there, and you know f- what? Phyrexian Obliterator is just a total pain in the butt to deal with. Yep. All right, a couple more decks on Frank's list. Go on. Okay, one is, is it creativity? Yeah. Which I think is pretty interesting. The way that it works here is that it you cast it for X equals two and get Xenogod and World Spine Worm. No, man, I haven't and seen Xenagos in a long time. Yeah, long exactly. Time. And and it you you don't use it as a creature. It's not Xenagos, it's Xenagod. Yeah, exactly. It's the, Xenagod. The later one. And it doubles World Spine Worm's power and toughness and gives it trample. Or maybe it already has trample. I think it already has trample. Yes, and it then does. you attack with a hasty 30-30. Xenagod gives it haste and doubles its power and toughness. And hasty 30-30 sounds good. Yeah, I mean I think it's pretty good. Right? So Frank has also mentioned Atraxa as a potential future target here for creativity. I just think that creativity could be a deck that's on the up in Pioneer as well, uh, just in case you want to try to play it as opposed to in Modern. I think it's probably easier to play it in Pioneer than it is in Modern for what it's worth. That is a hard deck to play in Modern. And then, yeah, I mean, this is wild. Yeah. This this last one, man, Storm Herald combo. Like, yeah, I don't even know how this works. I mean, Frank does give us some some guidance on Storm Herald. Combo. So I can tell you. Please. It's self-mill. Mm-hmm. 
like you basically mill a bunch of cards into your graveyard. You really want to get Colossification, which is an aura that gives a creature 20-20 and burning anger. But they have Colossification costs five green green. Right. So you get it in your graveyard, and then what happens is Storm Herald uh, is a card that lets you put as many auras as you want on it from your graveyard. And then oh. with Burning Anger, you can just tap it and sack it to kill your opponent because it's a 23-22 or something like that. So the old, what, like, multi-card combo. Multi-card self-mill combo, a little re- reminiscent of a deck that was popular in Standard at one point in time called, um, with a card, Eldrazi Conscription and the okay. Sovereigns of Lost Alara to be able to search it up and, and do bad things. It's, aura, it's an aura-cheating deck, basically. So, Frank thinks Nahiri will be good in this deck? Mm-hmm. Could be. Sure. Why not? I mean, it lets you, it lets you get back your Storm Herald, which is kind of the real thing, right? That's kind of the primary thing, I imagine. Right. It's like, hey, uh, I can get my Storm Herald back. It has haste. I can do the enchantment thing. So, why not? Why not? That's a cool cool deck. Not not what I want to play, but cool deck. Yeah. I'm not going to be playing this either. No. All right. <laughs> Some other things I saw from Pioneer, just some, again, some oddities and ephemera. Uh, another small paper store event, a pilot took second place with like a gruel boats to uh, second with two main deck and two sideboard Miglaws. Miglaws. Also three, of course, uh, Copper Line Gorge to assist with the mana. What's, what I think is interesting is like this deck actually doesn't have double pips anywhere. So like it's not super rough on the mana. Like it's not the kind of deck where it's like, I want a mana dork on turn one and like a goblin chain whirler on turn two type thing. But anything helps and Copper Line Gorge certainly will for a deck like this. But hey, Dave, we see uh, the much maligned new Savage Knuckleblade doing things. I know. I can't believe it. We'll see, we'll see how much. We'll see how much. Not into it. So that's kind of that's that's not that's not a banger to go out with. But I think that what I'm really excited about is how quickly we are seeing the impact of a set in different ways. Even things like Amulet Titan and things like the Devoted Druid combo and things like In Fact. People are testing out minor misstep or no, not minor misstep. Is it what is it? Mental it is mist- minor it is. Mistake. Yeah, minor mistake. No, yeah, minor. sure. Yeah. We're seeing kind of the the a continued rise of Underworld Breach, some new options in, in Pioneer. I think there's going to be I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen in this coming week when these cards get legal and magic online. We'll start seeing the preliminaries during the week. We'll see the challenges on the weekend. We'll have a lot to talk about next week as we sort of keep our eyes on what's happening in modern and also on of course what's happening in pioneer as the the new set will have an impact on the pro tour this you know the weekend uh following yeah yeah that's it first impressions we did it perfect a perfect episode we did it in less than an hour and a half dave we're continuing to edit ourselves i'm a little scared of that i gotta say this is one of the shorter episodes we've had in a while and i think there's like i think it's like an hour or ten this is going to be like an hour ten. Like how, how are people going to respond? Well, I mean, Dave, we keep saying that we want to we want to tidy ourselves up. We want to you know we want to self edit, and then we as soon as we do, you're like, oh, what if it sucks? I know. <laughs> well, let's find out. <laughs> well, if you like this episode, if you have something to you know talk to us about, if you have responses, you know, get at us. You can you can you can email us at thedivedown.com. You can tweet a tweet at us at uh, the dive down all one word and that wraps up the whole show uh, if you haven't yet 
try to subscribe. You get the episodes as soon as they come out. Again, if you want to leave us uh, a rating or a review, you can go to Apple Podcasts and tell us what's up. You can leave us some stars on Spotify. If you want to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash thedivedown or check out our store at thedivedown.com slash store. If you want to play Magic Online, you want to rent some cards, and you want to do it via Mana Traders, you can use sign-up code THEDIVEDOWN10, all one word, for 10% off your first two months. You can get, of course, those amazing shaving soaps and body soaps, fragrances, and more at Barrister and Man using code THEDIVEDOWN2023 for 15% off your first order. And again, save some cash on your paper cards at Nerd Rage Gaming using code DIVE8 for 8% off your order there. As always, thanks to the bands Nowhere and Spacewatch for letting us use their music. And until next week, get out there and visit Skrelv's High!